Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. First show, 2020. Boom. Mic drop. First one we're recording in 2020. Yeah. Recorded. First one, 2020. What's your resolution for 2020, Daniel? Uh, I got various goals and so forth. Uh, one of them is to be more consistent throughout the year with working out. So uh, rode a little over 4,000 miles last year on the bike. All inside because uh, dad life. Get up early in the morning, do it in the garage. Uh, shooting for about 8,000 this year. Boom. 8,000 miles on the bike. A double. A double. Attainable because I did. I got kind of got a late start last year. That's awesome. Uh, what else? Uh, we are going to fully fund our HSA this year. We did that last year. Goal is to fully fund that again this year. We're actually uh, doing the fund, invest, and don't use method, which is uh, throw money into your HSA, put it in low cost index funds, and save it for retirement because there's a triple tax benefit there. Uh, and then uh, other financial goal is we want to have enough in our down payment fund that we can begin looking for a house at the price that we want. Doesn't mean we're going to buy something right away. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of where we are on that trajectory. Absolutely. That's excellent. Um, I have one goal I will share with the audience because I need to put it out there. And I'll come strong. I'll come clean whether I hit it or not. I uh, Many people may or may not know I enjoy running. Um, I am, uh, 42. I only say that so you can put it in context with, uh, speed and so forth. So, uh, buddy and I are trying to have been for the last several years, trying to run a half marathon in every state. He lives in Florida. He listens to this show. What's up JP. Uh, and we're meeting in Jackson, Mississippi on February 29th for the Jackson, Mississippi half marathon. And I am trying to break an hour and 40 minutes. That's fast for me. That is fast. That's fast. I have done 140 spot 23 before in uh, North uh, Virginia Beach, and I couldn't just quite get there. And so I am on a rigorous training schedule, uh, eating schedule, hydration. Oh, boy. I mean, it's brutal. But what a great way to start the year is my is my mindset. Why are you doing this? I just felt like running. I just felt like running. So there you go. Trying to continue with uh, a daily Bible study, daily reading, daily meditation. I'm into the Headspace. That's my second year with Headspace app. It's so calm. Do you do the male voice or the female voice? Uh, I guess I didn't even know there was a female voice. Hello, this is Andy. (laughs) I like Andy. Hi, and welcome to Headspace. My kid likes the uh, kid Headspace. Uh, I didn't know there was a kid Headspace. Yeah, there's an option in there. He's like, can we listen to Andy? I love it. I I listen to the everyday Headspace. It's 10 minutes. I do 10 minutes. I do it daily. It is just, it's fantastic. BTW, we are not sponsored by Headspace. We should be, though. Again, all these places we should be. Hey, we got to get into today's show. But we are going to look at uh, some upcoming potential sponsors for some of our listener question shows. We're in uh, deep Heat, deep heated negotiations. We're in some discussions. Right so you might hear in the future that uh, one of our listener questions is sponsored by somebody, and that's for the sustainability of the show to keep moving forward. Because I mean, a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card, 
Probably it adds up. Dollars. Yeah, it's not DIY style on our end. No. So, Anyways. Uh, so you might see that this year. That's a goal for uh, DIY money. Make it sustainable so we can keep doing this uh, for the long run for you guys. All right. Uh, let's go to the questions. Uh, we've got Rachel from Nashville. Rachel, what's your question? DIY. Hey guys, this is Rachel. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, love your podcast. And here's my question. I'm looking at getting a personal loan to help my daughter purchase her first car. What's the difference between a secured or unsecured loan and what are the advantages and disadvantages of each one? Thanks guys. Uh, this is pretty straightforward. Uh, of course, with the always ever present psychological overlay by yours truly. Um, you want to hit it first? Do you want me to hit it first? What What do you want me to do? Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, so I'll do the secured versus unsecured part. And uh, and then maybe there's a layer of whether or not you want to take out a loan for somebody else. Uh, but as far as secured versus unsecured, secured is simply secured by an asset. Uh, so typical securitized loans or securitized debt is... Um, not to be confused with actual securitized debt, but uh, which is when they resell your debt. But a secured loan is something that is secured by an asset, like a home mortgage is secured by the home. An auto loan is secured by the vehicle. And what happens is if you uh, default on a secured loan, they are going to take the asset back. They're just going to repossess it. So uh, that would be, you know, repossessing a house or a car, etc. An unsecured loan is something that they is a loan that they can't point to one particular asset that they're going to come back and repossess. So when you get a student loan, it, it is technically unsecured because uh, they can't take away your degree or, you know, take away the credits um, that you earned or, or something of that nature. When you take out a line of credit uh, at a bank or you have a credit card that is unsecured, um, loans, unsecured debt, because there's nothing exactly that, that they can point to. Now, they still have recourse. They, they can still come at you and try to collect on those if you do attempt to default, but there's not a specific asset that they can point to and try to collect. All right. I, I always have warning signs when I hear parents uh, getting loans for children. And the reason is I have gone through the other side of that when it doesn't work out all that great. Uh, and, and the reason is, is because we tend to have this idea that because there are children, it's our job to remain financially responsible for them. And then therefore we don't enter into it, uh, like it's a business. And so there's no agreement. There's this, you know, discussion that's had. And then ultimately if something happens with the child where they can't make that payment, I mean, it's on you. It's it's totally on you. So if you have to, I'm going to just kind of, again, we shy away from the personal advice. But So this is for any parent out there who's thinking about getting a loan or signing up for a loan or taking out a loan or co-signing on a loan. As Daniel said, the securitized loan is one where it's collateralized by the asset. The other is basically just a personal loan. It, there's no asset to back it up. So common sense tells you that the personal loan is going to be uh, more than likely uh, much higher in an interest rate than if it was collateralized by an asset. So first and foremost, I would strongly recommend that you 
always look at, if you have to, have to, have to take out a loan, look at one with the best terms, with the best interest rate. That's going to more than likely be a securitized, collateralized loan, probably through the place where you're looking at getting the automobile, because more often than not, they have uh, lower rates. Um, The second thing is that regardless of the asset, if for some reason that's not paid, uh, it's not as if one hits your credit score worse than the other. They're going to hit your credit score both terribly. Uh, They're going to be calling. They're going to be trying to get that money. It's very simple. The only difference is they're not going to send a truck over uh, to pick up the, the car. Uh, if it's unsecured. And if it's secured, they're going to send a truck over, pick up the car. You're going to be without the car. Uh, you're going to still have the calls, etc. So the first thing I would say, Rachel, is if this is something that you are already in great financial shape, you've been living the DIY money lifestyle, you are on your set path, and for some reason you still want to take out a loan, which makes me concerned, Because if you were on all those steps, then you might not have to take out a loan for your daughter. You might just be able to help her, give her a down payment, whatever the case may be. But if that's the case, then be smart about it. Enter into it as if it's a business, a business decision, uh, and go about it in that manner with the best terms, with the best options, et cetera. And that's also looking at, you know, prepayment penalties, et cetera. But allow me to, again, caution you, as I will caution all parents out there, I see so many parents taking on financial responsibility for their children when they're not financially sound themselves. And that is a recipe for disaster. No one did that for you, more than likely. You got out there. You figured it out. Oh, but they need this. They need that. No, they don't. They take a bus, get a bike, carpool with friends. I'm here to tell you it is possible. It is possible. I think that this, uh, this, this potential for um, uh really negatively impacting our kids. We had a question about this on a show a long time ago. Uh, it seemed like a long time ago regarding putting money aside for your kids. And if that was sort of creating this negative uh, impact where they didn't feel like they had to work for it. And our answer was, it really just depends. And we didn't mean to bunt on that, but we really did have to say that because it depends on the child. It depends on the way it's set up, depends on a lot of things. And this is in the same camp, but I just caution you that if you in the back of your mind have this feeling of, oh boy, this, you know, she's not, or he's not really responsible, this could really end up being bad, then don't do it. Just don't do it. Because that's going to set you up for more than just a financial issue. It's going to set you up for family issues. And I see that a lot, and I really, really want to caution you against it. I don't know. I'm off on a tangent there. I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. What else you got, Daniel? You are. But, uh, you know, I think one of the interesting things to keep in mind is you talked about uh, the issue going one particular way. That is, you know, the parent financing the child and, and maybe the child can't keep up with that. Uh, one instance that I saw a while back, uh, and it's something to keep in mind as well, is when the parent and child's name is both on something, uh, 
then the sort of parent's financial life has the potential to impact the child as well. So uh, I recall a situation in which a uh, parent helped set up a um, you know 17 or 18-year-old's uh, bank account and car loan, um, was a co-signer on those, so you know the Social Security number was attached to that. And then a couple of years later, when the parent ran into some issues with the IRS, uh, the then 19, 20-year-old-ish uh, bank account also got sort of tapped by the IRS when the parent got in trouble. So it, it's a good thing to keep in mind that it's it's both, you know, on either end, if somebody sort of slips up, you have the potential to impact each other. So the best method is to figure out how to raise an adult. And by that, I mean, is figure out what's the best way to get that kid on their feet uh, with their own financial life responsibly as soon as possible, because that's the world that they're growing into. And that's the world that they need to be ready for. Now, there may be some level of assistance that you feel morally convicted uh, to do as a parent, but you got to figure out what that is for you and how not to let that impact your financial life. I think even, is it Lyft doing a, a promotion or not a promotion, but a deal now where Lyft drivers can can uh, rent their car for Lyft? Yeah, uh, Lyft does something like that. And, you know, Enterprise, it's expensive, but Enterprise, I think it was, came out with a, a basically like a trade-up program where you basically do a monthly subscription for a car and it includes insurance, maintenance, et cetera. And you just, I think you can trade in the car once or twice a month. Uh, it's cost prohibitive, I think, and the economics don't make a lot of sense. But if you're just trying to get started um, and you can't ride a bicycle because it's snowing uh, three, four, or five months out of the year, then maybe those months you, you know, rent a car from Enterprise's swap-out program, and then in the summer when you can sweat a little bit, you ride a bike. I What's don't wrong know. with a bus? Don't we still have a bus? We yeah, have bus the buses are a pain in the butt to get to in some cities. Well, okay. I mean, my I think our point is— I look to take the bus options. from my house to our office, and it's a nearly two-mile walk to the nearest bus station uh, in weather, and then you have to wait for the bus, and then the bus takes a route around our office, so then you have to transfer to another bus and then come back towards our office, and then— uh, walk about a quarter mile to the office. So, and it's about an hour 15. Uh, so if you had to do it, you know, like other countries, you do it. Uh, but for some people, obviously maybe not the most practical option. It might not be the most practical. My point is my first car was $600. I know that that is probably not doable these days. Maybe it's 1200, maybe it's $1,500. Um, again, I, I, I can't stress enough. We've got to set the younger generation up for success financially. Rachel, I didn't mean to beat you up. That's not my objective here. You asked about a simple loan. We're talking about it. But it is a theme that we see a lot of. We see a theme where um, people are being uh, really kind of set up for failure, and we really want to try to avoid that here. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully you're not too disgruntled with our answers. Uh, but we really appreciate the uh, the question uh, Derek will be reaching out, sending you the $25 Amazon gift card. Uh, if you're new to the show, it's real simple. Rachel jumped on her cell phone, sent us a voice memo to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We used that, now, albeit it was a few weeks ago, actually a couple months ago. So we've got some in the queue, but please keep sending that content. We will use that. Follow us on Insta, DIY.money, or join our new DIY tribe on Facebook. It's a fun group, DIY Tribe. Just search that. Someone will let you into that closed Facebook group. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do it for a very long time.
Make it a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.